the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, Republicans in the Ohio House had a chance to do something that I think their constituents want them to do, that they were willing to do in June. But they were not willing to do it last night. And that is extremely disappointing. And we will start a Thursday edition of the Bruce Willis Show with the details on what went on in the wee hours of the morning while you and I were sleeping last night. Our Ohio General Assembly was meeting in an all-night session trying to get things done so that they can have an extended Christmas vacation. And the new General Assembly will reconvene in January. And that new General Assembly will be charged with tackling whether or not we're going to allow boys to play girls' sports and boys to shower in girls' locker rooms. Back in June, when this measure, the Protect Women's Sports Act, came before the Ohio House, it passed pretty much along party lines 57 to 30. Uh, But last night, or rather this morning, when it was attached to another bill that would take a lot of authority away from the State Board of Education and give it to a new cabinet position with Governor, well, right now Mike DeWine, but future governors, uh, the measure failed 46 to 41. So who are the 16 who were okay with voting for it in June and are not okay voting for it now. I tried to find the answer to that, but unfortunately, because the vote was in the wee hours of the morning, the website that gives us a roll call vote uh, has not been updated yet. So we'll have to do it in a tedious fashion by comparing pictures of members and the list of those who sponsor the bill, because I would certainly think if you sponsor the bill, you're going to vote for it. It is possible that they voted down the chance to protect girls from boys masquerading as girls because they're not in favor of handing authority over education to one person in the cabinet of the governor. But I would imagine that this will not sit well with the people who put these lawmakers in office because it certainly doesn't sit well with me because we can't waste another day abiding this nonsense that there is no difference between men and women. There are distinct differences, and when they engage in physical activity on the same playing field, if girls are not protected, if women are not protected, the very best thing that can happen is that the women will not measure up to the level of speed, strength, and size of the man. The very worst thing that can happen is that the girls can become very, very injured. I'll give you a piece of proof regarding that a little bit later on in this segment. But first, what did the lawmakers get done last night? Well, uh, they passed the voter 
ID requirement. You will now have to submit a photo ID to vote. I've always submitted a photo ID to vote. I don't know if that's up to the discretion of your local board of election or what, but if Mike DeWine signs it, Ohio voters will have to present a state-issue photo ID, that's your driver's license, uh, a U.S. passport, a passport card, or military ID to cast your ballot in person, although the ID will not have to have your current address on it. So this is a part of the effort to make it harder to cheat in Ohio elections, which has fortunately not been a problem here like it is in Arizona and some other states. I was reading last night that um, it th- previous to this law, uh, you had to show ID, but it didn't have to have a photo. Oh. So you could show like your, your gas bill. bill. Yeah, your right. gas bill. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's uh, the the uh, distracted driving restrictions have passed. Uh, this to me is a vast government overreach. Uh, If you are so stupid that you would use your cell phone in a situation where it would cause you to be in an accident, I don't think passing a law to prohibit it is going to convince you that you shouldn't pick up your phone and text while you're driving, or as I often see people on the freeway in the morning, they're, I don't know, watching a video or voice texting or something, but their phone's like right in front of their face while they're driving at 70 miles an hour on I-270. Is that... Maybe something that helps law enforcement enforce it, maybe, by putting more maybe. teeth to it? Um, maybe. It's just, um, mm-hmm. you. C- so now, under this law, again, Mike DeWine has to sign it, uh, it will prohibit driving while holding a cell phone, with some exceptions. The exception will be while you're stopped at a red light or using a speakerphone. Okay, are you with me on this? Everybody who gets cited for holding a cell phone will say, I was using a speakerphone. Now, they can check your call log, but my guess is this will be a plea that everyone will use. And my guess is that there will be attorneys who will say that an officer does not have the right to seize your cell phone without a search warrant. That's coming, I would think. Uh Also, in the same bill, and this is the problem with government, is they attach things to one bill that has nothing to do with that bill. So in the same bill as the distracted driving bill, uh, the state has established a child sexual abuse and dating violence education program for schools. What does that have to do with distracted driving? Zero. Nothing. In fact, in the same vein, the Protect Women's Sports Act has nothing to do with the effort to change the State Board of Education's authority over education in the state by giving it to a cabinet member. The one has nothing to do with the other. Now, the other thing that happened last night, or this morning, is that, and this must be so frustrating for our mother hens on the Columbus City Council, who just, this very week, voted to ban flavored tobacco in the city of Columbus Starting in 2024, not 2023, not a couple weeks from now. No, no. A year plus from now. Well, it was a great effort while it lasted. But Ohio lawmakers last night passed a bill to prevent cities from enacting flavored tobacco bans. This, of course, follows in line with previous laws made by the state legislature to stop city councils and city governments and villages from banning, take your pick, plastic bags, uh, pesticides, and gun control measures. So the city of Columbus can 
continue to do whatever it wants to do to virtue signal and show how progressive it is and how much it cares about you, its citizens. But the state legislature is saying, nonsense, not going to allow it. And then last night, also, they doled out $6 billion in federal COVID-19 relief funds. Why do we need that money? Why do states not have to give that money back? Could we use that money in the federal treasury to, I don't know, pay down our debt? Could we do that? Why do states still get ridiculous amounts of our money to dole it out however they see fit? Let's see how they spend it. One and three quarter billion dollars for K through 12 schools. I vote no on that. Any more money for public schools? Yet. So they can hire what? More DEI officers? $740 million for the state's rainy day fund. Now, I'm sure the rainy day fund has a purpose, but I don't think it's at zero, and I don't think it's in the red. So why do we have to... We, you know what this is? This is appropriating money so that we spend the money so we don't lose the money. I guarantee you they have to spend this money by the end of the calendar year. Or there's some looming deadline, and so, well, let's we got to get rid of this. We don't want to lose it. $740 million, three quarters of a billion dollars to the state's rainy day fund. $500 million for child care. Including $303 million directly for providers. I don't want the state involved in child care. I don't want them involved in it at all, except to certify people so that they're safe to provide it. And $350 million to nursing homes to address the workforce shortage. What does that mean? Address the workforce shortage. Give people raises so they don't quit? So they're willing to work or there? offer incentives, $3,000 I know, I know bonus from my, to sign on. Yeah, I know my parents from one of them, from being in a nursing home, they got great care. And I that's one I have far less of an issue with. My only issue with that one is I just think that, call me crazy, COVID-19 relief funds. Could we spend that on COVID? And if we don't have to spend it on COVID because COVID's over, or at least COVID's not a thing anymore, could we just give the money back? Could we just have every state give the money back? We have 50 states in this union. Ohio got $6 billion at this point. They got a lot more than that in the beginning. Why don't we just have, end of, like, just spring it on them? Hey, we're not going to give you a chance to, like, phony baloney appropriate this money around. As of an hour from now, everybody send their COVID money that you still have back to the federal government. How about that? Would that help? Biden would probably spend it on an LGBTQ celebration at the White House. So what happens? What happens when weak-willed people in the Ohio General Assembly fail to come to the aid of girls who play sports or who are under the apparently mistaken impression that they have a right to undress, change clothes, and shower only with other girls? What happens? I'll give you a demonstration of what happens when we prioritize virtue signaling over common sense. Next on The Bruce Woolley Show. So the Ohio General Assembly was working overtime last night and into the wee hours of today, passing a bunch of bills. They want to cross everything off their to-do list so they can go uh, shop, um, go to Christmas parties, 
I'm sure, engage with their constituents. So they were working all night long, and one of the things they had the opportunity to do was to finally pass into law the Protect Women's Sports Act. It was House Bill 151 when it was passed by the Ohio House 57 to 30, pretty much along party lines in June. Last night it did not pass. It went down to defeat 46 to 41. So somewhere along the line, Republicans, 16 of them, defected to the other side. Now, they may have defected because it was the Protect Women's Sports Act paired with the overhaul of the Ohio Department of Education. But we don't know because we don't have the roll call vote yet, and I'm going through my list of legislatures, and it's super tedious because I don't want to out somebody who did vote for it. But what is clear is that this was a double cross of the Ohio Senate, according to the Senate President Matt Huffman. There were some changes made to the Protect Women's Sports Act, but it wasn't like the legislators who voted against it opposed the bill in its current form because the Senate did something the House didn't know it was going to do. Here's the quote from Matt Huffman, Senate President. These are things, meaning the changes to the bill, that Speaker Bob Cup said he wanted in the bill, so we put it in the bill. Everything, everything that we changed in the bill was at the House's request. We did all the changes they asked, and here we are. That's an upset Senate president, if you can't tell from his tone of voice. Okay, so what happens, or what is the worst thing that could happen... If we continue in Ohio to just say, well, it's not really a problem. I mean, we don't have that many boys who are playing girls sports. There's only, depending on who you listen to, one or four. A lot more in junior high than in high school. We haven't had a catastrophic incident yet. We haven't had a Leah Thomas situation where a boy pretending he's a girl dominates. Well, the worst thing that can happen is girls can get hurt. You might have heard of About a month or so ago, the National Hockey League decided that uh, it needed to come out in full support of trans women being women and trans men being men. You think I'm overstating it? No. That's exactly what the National Hockey League tweeted on November the 22nd. Trans women are women. Trans men are men. Non-binary identity is real. Okay. A couple weeks later, the National Hockey League sponsored the All-Trans Draft Hockey Tournament in Wisconsin. And what happened? Well, you have men who are now women because trans women are women, according to the National Hockey League. And you have trans men... That's a woman who says she's a man playing hockey together in a wonderful display of trans men being men and trans women being women. But if you know anything about hockey, you know that it is a physical sport. And in hockey, an aspect of hockey that is necessary and celebrated for success is that you use your body to bump or check other people off the puck. And this is legal. And this is essential. If you follow the Blue Jackets at all, you know that uh, John Tortorella railed off at his team for not being physical enough. 
Or into the boards. Into the boards. Yes, there are boards around a hockey rink. Yeah. And they are, uh, I mean, they're probably padded somewhat, but still no. not very much. And there's glass around the boards as well. So at this National Hockey League sponsored, okay, it's not like uh, some rogue organization put together a trans hockey tournament and the NHL had nothing to do with it because even though the NHL went fully woke and tweeted about trans men being men and trans women being women, we're not stupid enough to actually put men and women on the ice together in a physical sport where you're at high speed on skates. No, they are the sponsor of the tournament. Well, you know what happened next, right? A transgender woman, man, parenthetically, man, a transgender woman is a man, a transgender woman made contact with a transgender man, parentheses, woman. Got it. And I'm trying to follow along. Yes. You, yeah. you, I almost require a visual demonstration here. <laughs> and checked him, parentheses, her, into the boards. And what happened? Well, didn't go well. Uh, right away, the players on the ice started screaming, get a stretcher, get a medic, as the transgender man, parentheses, woman, was severely injured with a very bad concussion because he, parentheses, she, got checked head first into the boards. Now, uh, curiously, at an NHL-sponsored tournament, the NHL did not tweet or release anything on social media about said tournament. And Vice, which is a decidedly left-wing organization that sent a reporter to cover it, also did not report on the outcome of the tournament. They were there to celebrate. Look at this. Trans tournament. It's awesome. Yay. Trans men are men. Trans women are women. But they didn't report anything about the tournament. Uh, but there was one reporter there. His name is Jonathan Kay, writing for Quillette. I don't know anything about that organization. Uh but Kay said that the coverage blackout occurred in the wake of the person's injury because they did not want their grand event that would prove that trans men are men and trans women are women and that non-binary is a real designation. They did not want the first thing to come from such a display of intersectional uh, nirvana to be a severe injury of a trans man, it's, even, it's hard for me to even keep you up, trans man, woman, being injured by a trans woman. Man. Get a stretcher. Get a medic. I'd yeah. just like to footnote that um, NHL hockey pucks travel at about 95 miles an hour toward the goalie, by the way, when they slap shot. Do you imagine that, uh, Pam, since you are at Nationwide Arena yes, often for game, I am. do you imagine that a uh, trans woman could shoot a puck faster than a trans no, man? I doubt it. Ah, see, you failed the test. A trans woman is a man. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.